Hey, y'all, if you enjoy watching your podcast, which seems kind of weird, watching your podcast, but some people really enjoy that. So we have a YouTube channel. You can find it at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. It's also linked up in the show notes. You can hit subscribe. And several of these interviews are actually in person. So you can watch that. Again, that is at Heather Parody on YouTube. If you're a creative and you're running a business, producing content, oh my goodness, you know how much time it actually takes. And if you're doing it all by yourself, dude, it can be so easy to get overwhelmed, sometimes even feel like quitting. So this conversation is for you. Today I connected with my friend George Sidiopoulos, who is not only a genius content creator, y'all need to see his stuff, but he's also on a mission to help other creators systemize their creation process so they can work more efficiently, stay more consistent, and honestly spend more time focusing on what they want to say versus repeating stupid reoccurring tasks. Y'all can tell I'm passionate about this. I've personally learned a ton from George. I was super excited to have him on the show to go through his unconventional advice on creating different personas to operate a one-man show, a fresh perspective on the ideation process and how to generate ideas more seamlessly, and giving your creativity room to breathe by creating a business outside of it. Y'all know I gotta say it, this is George. The, the idea of being curious and questioning everything, like I don't get it. Is this is this what life is all about? Is that it? You need a structure to operate within. And the creativity part is how can you make that more interesting for you, more efficient? I had the most huge aha moment just now when you were talking. Like nice. I'm figuring out my life talking to you, George. George, I ran across you on Instagram and I was a complete creeper and just after a little while DM'd you and I was like, I want to be your friend. And <laughs> I felt like a kid at a playground where you see another kid who seems kind of cool and doing fun stuff out in the world. I just really loved your vibe. And fortunately for me, you weren't creeped out by that. And you said, sure, let's, let's talk or whatever. And I just really respect the hell out of the not only the content you make from a production standpoint you're obviously really talented and challenging the rest of us to level the hell up in our you know the production side but more than that i love the heartbeat and intention behind what you're saying which i feel like is some really timeless principles not only in business but also very philosophical so you mush all that together, George, you just got yourself a new friend called Heather Parody <laughs> and of course you to get on a mic with me today. So super grateful, George. Thank you for jumping on with us today. Tell us where in the world you're located and what you, how, how would you describe what you do for a living? First of all, thank you for having me. I come to you from Cyprus. It's a very small island in the Mediterranean. And um, I guess what I do is you could picture it as content creation in general, that uh, it's a personal brand that I create content for on Instagram, that I'm finally able, and I will highlight the word finally, able mm -hmm. to talk about pretty much anything that I want to talk about. And you chose as of late, now I'm going to tell you, I've researching you for this episode, I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled into the library of George, and at the very, very beginning, you were addressing only musicians. Mm -hmm. And that is because, my friend, you are a talented musician, been in the industry for a while. If you wouldn't mind sharing what you can of kind of that backstory and how that sure. led to personal branding. 
Yeah, it's actually, I think it's quite interesting. I started off in music pretty much ever since I was like seven years old. I started off mm -hmm. with drums, then eventually picked up the guitar, production. I was started singing. I started producing my own songs. I went ahead and studied that in the U.S. But yeah, as the years went by, I just understood that it affected a lot. My, my creativity and my passion of music was pretty much gone just because I had to trade that for money. So oh. it became this never-ending, what do you call it, balance between the two that I just couldn't figure out how to do that. But mm -hmm. it, I think looking back on it, it actually was very much needed because it was the reason that I started looking into business, into marketing. And mm. through that, I got in love, let's just say, with the idea of entrepreneurship and how one can start a business and how do businesses in general work and yeah. what does wealth creation mean and what are the ap approaches to that. Just And the fundamental thing was that I just wanted to keep my passion and love pure. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be affected by anyone or anything. <sighs> We had that conversation the first time we talked because my entry drug was photography. Like you're a musician, it introduced you into person. Mine was photos. I was mm -hmm. looking at how do I book more gigs. I was pretty successful at it for a while while I was doing it. But like you and I talked about the other day, trading the dollars for the craft was such a painful death. And I feel like I'm just now kind of going back and playing with my camera a little bit because there's no expectation and it feels really good. Do you still pick up the guitar? Do you still write oh, yeah. songs? Is that still a huge part of your life? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then, and it's one of the, like, people get happy about, like, the following or the money that you make through your business or whatever, which is cool. And I still get, I'm very proud of that. But I'm mostly proud of the fact that I can just pick up the guitar and I have no one to tell me what to do with it or what to write or whether this is going to be like a, a top pop tune or should I change it or you know what I mean. Mm. There's no like uh, barriers when it comes to creation, especially when it comes to music, I mean. And that's, that's what makes me happy. And that's what made me happy ever since I was a kid. So it's very, I'm very, very happy to be back to that spot where I can just zone into my studio. I'll be in my studio and just have fun doing music. Do you, do you ever get... I guess, frustrated or angry that, I mean, I'm not saying it'll never happen. You're still young. I'm about so sick that you're 25 years old. That's just <laughs> unbelievable. Do you know what a crazy person I was when I was 25? Like the fact that you have your head so on straight is amazing. But I don't know if you saw that video where I posted about the guy who sang and he was so talented and he got, man, I wish you could have seen it, the anger, you know, of... Mm -hmm. I tried so hard to do this and now I just don't even want to sing anymore. Is there, was there like a season of your life where you got frustrated towards the music and felt like, I don't know, you were robbed of that? Yeah, yes, but also the, the need to explore more. And uh, there's a path already made for you when it comes to music. And it's like you have to do this and this and this and this. And in order to be successful, you need to be there. And I was like, okay, but there's so much more to me anyways, excluding even the music side of things. I'm like, there's, there must be more to life mm -hmm. than just work. And whether you're, what you do uh, for work is what you love, still there needs to be, there's something more to you. Like you can Absolutely. only be a musician and you can't only be like this one single thing, you know? 
So I think it was a combination of the two because back then I had a job, a nine to five job at a, a music production studio, but it was sound design studio for TV commercials. And I was so excited when I started because I was like, oh, this is music related and I, can, yeah. I get to write music for TV, which I did and stuff like that. It was so interesting. But then after like a couple months, I remember the other people of the team, there were like 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds. And I'm like, I was 23 at the time, like 22. Yeah, and I was like, is this like my life? Is this mm. how I'm going to end up? I'm, I'm just going to be doing the same thing for the next 30 yeah. years? Yeah. So it was a combination of that and the idea of altering what I, my love, I guess, for, for music again and my taste of music just to fit the bill. And those two worlds and those two big problems, at least emotional issues, were brought up and they bundled up together. And I'm like, this is this needs to stop. I need to find like a way out of this. Interesting. And then what was the bug that bit you in the entrepreneurial personal development space? I would love to say that it was immediately <laughs> entrepreneurship or solopreneurship, as which is what I like to consider myself as a solopreneur but I tried affiliate marketing which didn't work I tried and we all been there dude we've all yeah. been there <laughs> but I've done like three or four different things before ending up to the solopreneurship idea and the reason I think I was so interested in that it was the concept of you can pivot and you can be you can talk about this and then you yes. can talk about that and it, there's yeah. no like barriers just quote and code barriers just because your common denominator will always be you mm. and that's the idea of i think the fundamental part of entrepreneurship which is actually growing as a person is is what is reflected through a business or through your following or through the content that you put out as well so you see it's almost like they have this beautiful code of not not don't read books but it's like write your own book and i think that's the whole point of entrepreneurship it's like you you find difficulties, you find problems that you solve, and then you figure out how to solve them. There is a period where you're like, what is happening? Because mm. you don't even understand what's happening. And then you break through that barrier, you grow just because you broke through that barrier. So you took a step forward. And then I can look back and teach. I can I pretty much just teach everyone else that is behind me or that is facing those same difficulties or those same barriers. Did you have a mentor, people in your family, or I mean, what to come to these conclusions, you know, at 23, 24 years old and start digging into there's a reason you picked up your first book or listened to your first podcast? Or, mm -hmm. I mean, man, like I called it getting bit by the bug because when it happened to me, I was like all in. I'm like, this is so life changing because I hadn't been exposed to more than one way of thinking my entire life. And that was mm -hmm. going to lead me down a very dark path. And so it was, it was like an aha moment for me. What was that aha moment for you where you, you know, started consuming this content and deciding, you know what, I'm going to pave my own freaking path. It's actually the complete opposite of a, of a good story. It's almost like a bad yeah. story in a sense. Those are probably I mean, the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. The worst it is, the better you become or whatever. But I remember being at that studio and calling back because I was in Greece at the moment when I was working that nine to five gig. And I called back home, like I FaceTimed my family. And I was like, this is insane. I wake up at like nine. By 10, I'm at work. 
9.30, I come back, I have to eat, I have to take a shower, and then I'm doing everything all over again. And they were laughing, and they were like, ha, ha, ha. Like, not like making fun of me, but it was I like, know. welcome to the real world, and like, welcome I to know. life. This is how life is going to be. And I was like, this, this is not how life should be. And I'm like, the, the idea of being curious and questioning everything, I think it's the fundamental part of this. It's just wanting more but not in the, in the sense of, like, I want more for myself, mm -hmm. but in the sense of there should be more. Like, I don't get it. Is this, is this what life is all about? Is that it? Which, no, like, I'm not shaming anyone that takes that path. I just felt, as George, that that's not, that doesn't make sense. Like, there's, mm -hmm. you have so, much, so many books on philosophy, and people try to figure out how the brain actually works, and we don't even know that full on, mm -hmm. you know, and you're mm -hmm. telling me that, oh, welcome to life. This is life. And this is what your next 40 years are going to look like. I was like, no, this shouldn't be the way. <laughs> what do you, what did you kind of, the conclusion have you come to with what that is? Because I mean, man, I can talk to some people and they're like, yeah, this is all there is. And I don't know if that's coming from a place of bitterness or maybe it's just a different philosophical state where they don't believe there is anything more out there. But for you to say there is more out there for us. What is that? And do you hold in on to any like spiritual beliefs about like a, a purpose or a calling or what kind of shapes your belief around that? You weren't Rose. ready for me, George, were you? No, no, no. no I'm, I'm trying to put it into a, a package, a nice package that I can give it to you. Um, I guess I like messy packages. And I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I just love the idea of struggle and the idea of the, the yin really? and the yang. Yeah, okay. I think that's that's a driving force, I guess, for me. The idea of that you need struggle to perform better in, in general, but also to undertake new challenges and be able to grow out of them. It's the idea of like you, you believe the same things you believed 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> or we're having a conversation about something and you're like strict, like I'm not going to change my mind on this. And I'm like, that's... That's full on a biased opinion. Like you just stand mm. on that side, and you you you're not even open to, to your. F how I see it is, uh, at least for myself, I always thought that I was afraid of being wrong, and that keeps you so far behind the people, rather than the people that actually are more than happy to be wrong about everything, mm. and being open to the fact that oh this. Yeah, life is working 40 years in the same job, getting yeah. like the same fixed, what is it, the same amount of the paycheck at, by the end of the month and being happy with that. I'm not saying that you can't be happy. I'm just saying there should be more to life. Like it's the odds of being alive are like insane. Yeah. And you're telling me that's all you have to do. I'm like, hmm. and I guess it, it could also be because I, I was brought into the world of music very early on. And mm. the idea of being a professional musician and touring musician and having like huge hits and stuff like that, that's extraordinary. Like that's not your typical guy or your typical gig. So I think I was exposed, I think is the idea. I was familiar with the idea of the black uh, swan, the, the, the different kind yeah. of uh, path that one can take and that it is indeed possible. Uh, but then later on, I just found out that there's so many other paths that are yeah. also kind of the black swans, but the, those are also possible as well. Do you remember uploading your first video 
on Instagram. Another thing about that is that I had three different accounts before that. Oh. Yeah, because it was like my SaaS business account, my photography account, and my music account. And yeah, I remember uploading it and I'm like, I, I saw it as a challenge and I was like, I'm just going to post for 100 days once every day for the next 100 days. And let's just see. Let's see what happens. Because I, I saw the stats as well of Instagram is like 500 million daily users. And I'm mm -hmm. like the opportunity vehicle, the what Warren Buffett says is like, it's not how hard you row, but it's what boat you're in. Mm. I'm like, this is a huge opportunity. And that's why I was so passionate, as, as you said, when in the, in the first videos about musicians. So I'm like, guys, there's this whole other thing that you could be doing. <laughs> and you're stuck gigging for like 20 bucks at a random bar that someone else is talking and eating and mm. which there's something to learn from that as well. Because I've been through it and, and I'm very happy that I did because I learned a lot about me from that. But yeah, there's so many other options that you have and there's so many other different things that you can s start exploring and getting better at and eventually taking you and the people you care for and everyone around you to that next step. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. They're like the, the struggle and the relief and the, the, the reward at the end of it. Is, that's the whole cycle. And the more of those cycles you have, I think the more fulfilled you become as a person. Amen. Amen. That's been my experience too. I'm going to, I didn't tell you I was going to do this. I'm going to share with you your, mm -hmm. the first reel that you have on this account. Jeez. Cause I actually want to add, no, <laughs> no, I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this is, it's actually perfect. I went to, like I said, I do research on everybody and I was researching you and I scroll back to the very first one on this one. And I just want to show you, let me find it. Here it is right here. You need these three versions of yourself for a successful career. The artist, the one who makes the magic that changes lives. The business person, the one who helps that magic thrive in a noisy world. The mindset warrior, the one who's always got your back and never lets you stop evolving. Embody and respect all three and you will succeed. What was so cool Fun about stuff. that, George, is when I talked to you the other day, I got off the phone and I thought, man, he has such an amazing grasp of how to step aside from your, I don't know if emotions is the right word, but your state of being and put on different hats and think strategically, like looking at your art like a business. And conceptually, I can grasp it, but in practice, it's sometimes really difficult because when you don't have the scooter brawn to, you know, market you, you don't have the resources, maybe you're literally alone. You're by yourself and you are trying to figure it the hell out. I don't know if anybody has been there before, experienced that. What you said in that video, which was your first one on your IG, I know you were cringing, but it's still, you should see my first video, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I wanted to start there, George, like when, at what point did you start taking, I guess, ownership of yourself where you're like, you know what? I am going to have to switch gears back and forth to be able to produce at the level that I want to produce. Especially in the beginning, I tried to do as easy of types of videos I, as I could. It was like reels, like trending sounds and then a listicle. That was one example. 
that I had, but there was, especially the first two or three, I think, were very easy kind of videos to make for me just because I didn't want to show my face. But when it comes to the hats and everything like that, it's, it's, I think everything is connected, but you just need to realize how to connect the dots. So, for example, in the gig that I had in the nine to five gig, the work mm -hmm. that I had, you would have like your assistant to the CEO and then the the front desk lady who would get and pick up the phone and then the lady who who'd send us on Slack different messages on like you need to work this, right. five different studios, five different producers, each so there's a structure on how anything works and how everything and every business operates. And based on that structure are the 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 people that have responsibility on each step of the way and that's mm -hmm. what you need to figure out and I, I think what's the word i was very happy when i stumbled upon the emith revisited because that book was like oh i i see i see now i now someone put that idea that i had and like that structure that i was seeing everywhere because it wasn't even at the job it was it's pretty much everywhere you look at there's there's a not a hierarchy, but like a structure. There's a way that things are done in order from point A to end up at point B. There's some things that need to happen. So mm -hmm. those steps, pretty much the emith just put everything down for me, laid down the blueprint. And I'm like, oh, I see now this step is part of this. And then this step is part of that. And the responsibility of this guy and that guy. And then everywhere I looked, it, it made sense. And I'm mm -hmm. like, now I get it. Like the creative aspect is for that guy. Because even a musician, musician needs a booking agent. Musician needs a manager. Musician needs a touring manager. Musician needs all of those things. Like you could go into stylists and makeup artists yeah. and yeah. So I'm like, I get it now. Okay, explain that to me tactically. When I read, now for those who haven't read The E-Myth, it's essentially creating like going through your process and documenting now now listen y'all i know this is getting real and sexy but just hang in there with me hang in with me I, I just said process so lean in lean in you document the process of whatever your business is and you look at it systematically about who would take these roles would it be the manager would it be the ceo would it be the secretary whatever and looking at it structurally you can start to you know work more efficiently now this is with a team of people in an ideal world but george you're a man of one at least starting yeah. off of the you at least are so how do you take that approach when you're one freaking human being with let me tell you this i'm gonna tell you some limited mindset stuff with your own innate skill sets your own preferences things you don't necessarily want to do how do you tackle e-myth as one dude you do it by understanding that even as a one person business or as a one-man band you still have to perform every action from point a to point b so even if you don't realize it you are those three four five people at the same time and mm -hmm. as soon as you start realizing that, oh, this is actually, yes, I do film my videos. I do edit my videos. I do script my videos. I do the You're analysis preaching. of my videos. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the business side. So I do all of those things. If I could categorize all of those as a general 
which what I do is the entrepreneur, is the mm -hmm. visioner, let's just say, the, um, the manager, and then the technician. And then I also add another one, which those three are from the Imith Revisited. And that's how I break down everything that I do. But I have a fourth one, which is me. It's just the self that has nothing to do with anything and anyone. It's just George to George. That's all it is. So it's four people, pretty much. And how I do it, so I think I talked to, I told you about the system. Then that's the, the, oh, tell me. the tell part me again. that I love as well. <laughs> because you can, that's the thing, the if you don't measure it, you can improve it code. Right. And that stuck to me purely based on, on my experience with music as well. It's like I can see what I was playing two years ago and I can see what I'm playing now. So you get to see the improvement and you measure that improvement. But yeah, so how it works for me at least I use Notion. I use pretty much everything is around Notion and Slack. Okay. So I have four different accounts on my laptop, which is each account is the entrepreneur, the George, the mechan the technician of like the, the editor is what I call it. And then the, the manager that overlooks everything. So whenever there is a task assigned to anyone or, or whenever there are things that need to happen when it comes to editing, for example. I, as George, the self, George, would DM, would message on Slack the editor slash George to do these 10 things. And then I would do the same thing for the manager, the same thing for the entrepreneur. So I would go through pretty much delegating everything that needs to be done under someone. And then I would just break down the hours of the day or just pretty much give some time for each one of those accounts, let's just say, to complete all the tasks that need to get done. I think this is so brilliant. I also think it's really fun because when you keep talking about like, and then there's George over here, I'm thinking, what kind of personalities do all these dudes have? Like, do they <laughs> like, you, because you, each one has an agenda, you know what I'm saying? And I know I'm being mm. silly here, but it's the truth. When I'm in the middle of a project, and this is why I wanted to be friends with you. I didn't know it, but I love systems too. When I'm in the middle of a project and I'm doing something and I get this ding over here, or my freaking mind, I'll just have these thoughts about like, oh shit, I didn't do that. Or, ooh, you know, this project in two days or whatever, combating that so interesting. And so you separating these personas to me, I, I would think I would have probably a different reaction if I'm in the middle of something and I get that thought. Because if I had, I'm CEO Heather right now, I'd be like, what would a CEO do with that thought versus what would Heather Heather do with that thought? I love this example because I don't think you can overcome that. So the reason why I love Slack so much is like I was editing a video and I was like, oh, I need to get a haircut, even though I was editing a video. <laughs> so I just DM'd the manager and I was like, make sure to book a, an appointment. I, I'm treating it as if it's someone else, you know. And also another reason why that is, is because for like two or three weeks, I, I hired an editor that would edit my videos. Yeah. But we were not communicating as often as I wanted to. Like I didn't know where, when the video was going to be finished, when, if I was going to receive it that day and stuff. There was lack of communication, let's just say. Yeah, and I was super anxious and I was like, why, what is happening? Like I want to know and I need to know. So eventually, as my business grows as well, all of those jobs are going to be other people. 
So I'm preparing the ground and pretty much I'm, I'm setting up how everything is working. So when that new editor comes or when that new manager comes or that whatever comes, they have their email, they have their account, they have the Slack messages, they have the, their side of Notion that they can look at, they have everything. Automations are there, so you send a message, you drag the video title from recorded to edited and I get the notification, which makes zero sense like if you're it's almost like a psychotic thing <laughs> it's like what are you doing bro but i like it because it's it. it makes sense it makes sense how you can operate you need a structure to operate within and yes. the creativity part is how can you make that more interesting for you but also more interactive more efficient and and that only comes as soon as you set the rules of the game and you're like okay this is how we're gonna play let's let's take this whole game and this whole system to its greatest level. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And what came up for me when you were talking is also you're practicing discernment of what task goes where, because what I'm thinking is, you know, I'm in the middle of building something and I get a random idea. I have to think strategically, who does that go to, you know, and, mm -hmm. Right now, if it's only me, then I'm not using that muscle of delegation. And so when you get these thoughts, you're going to get quicker and quicker of knowing who's responsible for that. Because I think that's where a lot of the confusion is coming in as a solopreneur is figuring out what's urgent, what isn't, what's actually going to move the ball forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Because your girl can get hung up on some stupid shit, you know, and spend mm -hmm. a lot of time on it as opposed to moving the ball forward. You know what I'm saying? So do you deal with that? Like, how do you structure like your ideas and do you have meetings, I guess, with your CEO where you're trying to figure out where, where are, are we making progress here? Like, where are we going? Yeah. A friend of mine actually posted about having a meeting with yourself just for the CEO thing. Yeah. Which, which is actually a great, I, I haven't adopted it yet, but I think it's something to Oh, It's a good into. date. Yourself is a great date. Yeah. I love it. To be honest, I think it depends on the individual. Like you have to spend time. I know for, for me at least, I know that I'm thinking about 20,000 different things at the same time. Even though I'm editing, I'm still thinking about the podcast. I'm still thinking about, oh, I should be editing this and I should be doing that. But as soon as you implement, at least as soon as I started implementing this system, it just gives you the a small leeway be, mm. from, from thought you, you make sure that it's there and it's yeah. gone. And when the time arises for the guy who's supposed to take care of that, then you can start doing that job. But it's not, it's not for now. It's not for the present, you know? So that helped me just to clarify and pretty much give space for my own, give space to my own mind and to my thoughts and be like, okay, cool, you're thinking about this. Perfect, no worries, just text the editor just tell him to do this. Or you found, you scrolled and you found a great idea that you want to try out. You're scrolling now. You're chilling. Mm -hmm. You just have yeah. to spend like 30 minutes and just sit on your bed and just scroll and just waste 30 minutes or whatever you want to call it. You, you think it's a good idea? Perfect. Send it over. But it's not for you to sit down, even though you're, you're re I mean, you're relaxing. But that doesn't mean that you need to put on the editor hat and be like, how did he did that? Mm -hmm. Like, no. Give him the that task. And when that guy comes into place and then he's ready to edit, then he will see 15 new messages. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Let's see how he did that. So you structure your days and your, your life pretty much around that. 
Honestly, I have a really hard time. I don't do what you do right with with this, but if we were metaphorically talking like, uh, that I did, putting on the Heather hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, getting away from it. I'm the world's worst. You would just be like mortified like hanging out with me because I'll be looking at you but my mind is thinking constantly back to my goals and my work and what I would do and honestly I love it man like yeah it's not just a job for me I, I want to do what I do I gotta choose it every single day also too it's really hard for me to tap into the human side again and mm -hmm. put on that Heather hat so I'm wondering if George over there I mean do you bring him in quite a bit or is he in the corner crying and you <laughs> no, <I> think, <laughs> left uh, alone i'm not really certain on this but i'm very passionate about it but i feel like you have to work with your limitations you have to understand your limitations or mistakes oh or things that you don't kind of like about yourself or that you know i mean it's not hurt hurtful to anyone else yeah but there's always opportunity there like any <sighs> mistake it's an opportunity so for example I know that I'm thinking about so many things at the same yeah. time. And I also know that I can really work on that and, and zoning out on my own right now because my priorities are somewhere else. So I just do jujitsu where I don't even have to think about anything. So I just go there. I go there pretty much every day. I have like a two hour, three hour session and I'm good to go. I'm like, okay, wow. I zoned out of everything, but that's the, there is a problem there that needs to get fixed. Let's find a solution to work with how you as George or Heather operate. I'm, I don't want to spend two years right now figuring out how to stop my brain going at 30,000 RPM all the work time. With it. I don't want to do that. I, wanna, I think there is so much value to that as long as you output it into the right direction. So instead of me saying, hey, Heather, you should completely disengage and be like other people and be able to, you know, whatever, I should instead say, hey, Heather, there's a gift in this for this season. Let's figure out how to steer that towards something good. Yeah. I mean, if you're based on your priorities, I mean, I know that um, being present is, is, is a huge thing and it's something that sure. we should all strive towards. Yet depends on what's the ratio of that cool i agree with you yes we need to be present what's the ratio how many hours why right. 10 hours right. and why not five hours so instead of going into that whole loop thing and trying to figure out everything and trying to perfect myself in a sense i tried to utilize the power that's hidden underneath that mistake or that problem to my advantage but also take it into consideration and find a way to balance those two things out. Does that make I just, sense? I had the most huge aha moment just now when you were talking. Like nice. I'm figuring out my life talking to you, George. I'm figuring it out. So when you said about being present, I'm present. Like I'm with you here. I'm listening mm -hmm. to you. I'm fully 100% present. Last night when I was on a client call, I was 100% present with them. It's not presence. It's really what I'm present to. So if it's something that I'm just not interested in, or I feel like it's, you know, ridiculous or wasting time or small talk or something like that, my mind goes elsewhere because where I want to be present is different than where I'm at right then. You just helped me figure out my <laughs> life, George. Unbelievable. Nice. Listen, I know we could keep going on and I know you got a lot on your plate and stuff and I want to 
respect the time I asked you for. I just want to acknowledge the time and effort and intention that you put behind the production of your videos. And I know you'll probably shift and it may not be Instagram forever. It may not be Reels forever. Who knows what it is. But talk to us a little bit before we wrap things up here, just about your work right now. You're putting out like, it's more than once a day, right? How many Reels are you doing? It's pretty much 10, 10 per week. Yeah. <laughs> Massive Pretty props, nice. dude. Massive props. The inspiration part, I wanted to touch on real quick. Obviously, you're talented at sound engineering, editing, all of that. The ideation of it, mm. you know what I mean? When mm -hmm. you don't have coworkers and I, whatever. Talk to us a little bit about that because I think that's one of the things that I struggle with the most is getting the muse to talk to me 247. Mm -hmm. I think the fundamental part of it, like imagine two dots and always having to connect those two dots and even forcing yourself to do that like okay how can i like have it as an exercise of how can i connect the idea which blew my mind when i thought of it how can i could i could connect the idea of a keyboard to like relaxing and taking a step back and all of those things mm -hmm. which clicked when i saw the the space bar is always bigger on on all keyboards so sometimes you just need to press space. You just need to take a step back. And and to me, that's that's the exciting part of coming up with ideas and ideation in general. And of course, you have your normal, here are five tips, here are five hacks, here are this, here's that. But when it comes to actually like scripting and ideating, when it comes to reels and, and powerful messages and big ideas, I think that's the exercise that made in music, we call it approaches, especially in jazz. It's called chromatic approaches, which is a section of like jazz theory and harmony and performing. So it's like, is this, this is the note that I want to go to. How do I approach this note? Do I go two notes before that and I go ding, ding, dong? Or do I go ding, ding, dong? Do I go ding, ding, dong? Like there's so many different ways that you can tackle and you can approach and you can lead someone to one specific idea. And that to me is the, the game behind ideation. And that's what I like as well. It's like, how can I get this headline, but make it sound completely the opposite way? Or how can it, you know what I mean? Making mm -hmm. it a game and trying to figure out ways, because eventually it's the same thing. It's everywhere. Like if you're a white belt, you need 10 years to become a black belt. The more right. time you put into something, then you'll see a glass of water and you'd be like, okay, this is a great idea for you take a sip and then you it, it overfills and now I have time to do, which it, it's been said many, many years ago, like it's over, it's filled to the top and now it's, it's pouring out so you can give love as long as you get love for yourself. That yeah. I, whole idea. So I get challenges for myself and I put to myself challenges to figure out new ways of approaching something or like I, I take note mental note, I would say, of everything. Like I had that one video of when you're driving down the highway and the car behind you flashes their lights so they can overtake you. I was like, this is exactly what you should be doing. Because like mm. you have so many people that are like, man, Instagram and who do you think you are and why? And you have no views, but yet you're telling me that this is the biggest opportunity to, and I have to mm. jump on this and yada, yada. And I'm like, yeah, that that's how it makes sense to myself, I'm like, oh, this, this is like a representation of that. Mm. Or like the Rubik's Cube video that I made. And it's like they 
unsolved Rubik's Cube. And I'm like, this is your journey when it comes to content creation. It's like you, you take steps and then eventually yeah. you find a system that works and who would have known? Yeah. There it is. It's solved. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you, I, I feel like my ideas are, you know, we were talking about the analogy of children and business, like these little children that sometimes are ready to go out there to people and other times they're still like not even breathing yet and formed and ready. And it's been so interesting to figure out how do I remain faithful with consistency and pushing myself to put something out when I feel like all my ideas are just these little bitty babies that aren't just ready and fully formed yet. And so how mm -hmm. much do you push that idea to out the door to say like, well, it's your time because it's Tuesday, Paul, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, versus like letting them have the natural, you know, mature, maturity, you know, this, what am I trying to say? The the growth process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm... Solve life's problems in two seconds. But I guess where do you balance between this idea isn't fully formed versus I'm putting out 10 reels a week and it better mm -hmm. be formed? To that question, though, it doesn't mean that all 10 of them should be great, amazing ideas. The, oh, it's boy. practice. And then eventually you find a great idea that you're like, oh, this is yeah. huge. Yeah. But then you can you can post that idea even though it's not fully formed and you can keep it on the side as a reminder. And it's like, I should get back to this. I should form this. Because like three mm -hmm. weeks down the line, you can just not repost the same thing, but like Redo. expand on that and give a new perspective. It's brilliant. And, and it's also the, the strategy behind it and Instagram in general, at least where I am at right now, there's different types of content. And it's not every, I mean, most of my content is talking head videos where I sit down and I explain things, but not all of them are big ideas or breakthroughs or like some of them are editing tips and some of them are, you should be driving down the highway and flashing your lights. Some are just pictures of me talking about how you should become a beginner and what the value is in no matter how old you are having that idea of a beginner's mentality there for you to use and how that is beneficial to you or like thoughts that I have that I write them and I type them on Figma and then I just post them. It, it's a combination. That's the beauty of personal branding, I, in my opinion. It's like I can, everything relates back to me and everything relates back to what I believe yeah. and how I see the world now. <laughs> I don't know about it. It takes so much years. letting go of your ego, though, man, because being willing to let your little ideas be out there in their imperfection or let people be willing to see you right now when you're still figuring out. People don't realize, I don't think, that folks who are putting themselves out, on, out there online aren't necessarily like more secure. It's like you've just practiced how to, like, how to get past. Definitely. That weird feeling. Like even last night I posted that video mm -hmm. and I forgot to work on my sound and I, I was late and I was tired and I just wanted to post it. And then after I posted it, I'm like, shit, <laughs> my sound was wrong, but I just left it. Cause I'm like, I have to just keep posting Yeah. even though there's all these imperfections, but yeah, you have to, you have to. And, yeah. and a point on that to be made is no one really cares. Like, I know. no, I know. And, and it's hard to hear and it's hard to understand, in my opinion, especially when you start, like, if, let's just say 200 followers and you're like, what do I do? This is not working. This is the one I thing. Know. And that's why framing it as a challenge for you to you is why it works. And it, it's why it worked for me. I'm not here to prove anything other than everything to myself. You know what I mean? It's a challenge. 
That's the whole point. And when Ito. you're faced with the whole ego thing, just start, start jujitsu. You'll be humbled <laughs> in two seconds. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've thought about mar martial arts seems like a really cool vibe. I've, that's why I was asking you earlier about how you deal with it as a grown person. Stretching your muscles out, man. Listen, I got one final question left for you, George, but I first want to just thank you for not only doing this, but also to on all the ways that you could choose to use your platform and voice. I think the way that you're choosing to do it just improves our humanity, improves our lives as creators. You're brilliant and talented, and I told, I think I told on stories the other day, I am confident, confident you're just going to go up and up from here. So it was an honor to get to have you on the show. Where would you like to direct our listeners to? Thank you so much, first of all. Those are, I'll use those words <laughs> as my bio. <laughs> Everyone can check out my Instagram, I guess. Everything I do and everything I do outside of Instagram is, is through my Instagram. You can find more about me there. I have a cohort that's coming up probably early next month. So people can sign up to that on the waiting list. But yeah, everything I do is through Instagram. So for now, at least. So Fantastic. Yeah. All that will be linked in the show notes. Very last question, George. We talked about earlier kind of this unconventional approach and to society and going against the grain. And you mentioned the word curiosity, which I love so much. And so what are you right now in the depths of questioning or very curious about that you fully haven't formed an opinion on? What's something that you're kind of mulling over right now currently? It could be anything in life and business and creativity, but something you're just really questioning right now. I was researching a lot about psychic entropy, when is where you pretty much lose your... I started reading Flow. I don't know if you know that. Book. Why did we not talk about this? <laughs> Well, you'll have to come time. back. Yeah, there you go. You'll have to come back. Uh, but yet, I, I came across a, an article that it talked about. Let me let me put the acronym right. It's body dysmorphia disorder. Yep. And yep. it talked about the the way that I found it. It was because I was searching psychology influences of of wearing sunglasses. Because when you wear sunglasses, you always feel kind of disconnected to everything. And I'm like, is this a thing or is this just me? Because like you would vision if you if you think of like uh, rock stars, why do they wear sunglasses indoors? And like that's the cool thing to do. Yes. But also, is there anything more to that? Anyway, through curiosity, I guess I stumbled upon that. And yeah, the idea of challenge in general and overcoming the obstacles, I think it goes back to the idea of flow. It's like, how can I make this journey of life creative mm -hmm. and and sustainable but enjoyable all at yeah. the same time and being into that that small like line that's and I, i'm sure it's not going to be like this all the time you you of course have to have your ups and your downs 100 but even being aware of that i think it's a it's a great starting point so i guess that's what i'm looking a lot more into lately round two eventually hey. round two george thank you so much for your time today this is awesome thank you